Good morning, Jeff Stevens here, coming to you this morning, uh, just kind of wanting to talk to you about what's on my heart, um, with hope, doing my morning reading this morning, and reading through Romans 8, kind of took a turn this morning because my reading had not been in Romans, and I was doing a little bit of a side study, and as I was reading through Romans 8 this morning, I just started seeing some things pop up that really spoke to me about kind of the state of affairs and what's going on in our country today. And I just can't help but think that part of our problem, if you will, as a nation uh, is hopelessness. And, you know, I refer right back to just my own testimony where, you know, as a young guy, Uh, You know, I was raised in the Catholic Church, but I was not necessarily raised in a way that gave me hope in the work of Jesus Christ uh, as the propitiation or the payment for my sin. I was not raised in a way that showed me that Christ died for me in a real personal way. And that he paid for me so that I could spend eternity with him. And I didn't really understand that. And some of that, I think, is lost in some of the catechisms of the church and the laws of the Catholic Church where we forget that hope is a really important part of who we are as humans when our separation from God is that we have a hope in what is to come. And we have a hope in what has already happened. And as I read through Romans this morning, some of this was revealed to me about what's going on now in the hopelessness of the world. And I just can't help but read this and think people who are on the big social justice movement and and likewise, people who are just traveling around city to city destroying things, smashing out windows, flipping cop cars and setting them on fire, looting stores, is there's just a great sense of hopelessness. People, they have no idea what they want. They think they can fill their desires just with either the lawlessness of of their own flesh or they think they can fulfill their desires with some sort of fake sense of solidarity, whether that solidarity being to put a hashtag of a a movement like the Black Lives Matter movement up on your social media page or just a a plain black picture thinking, oh, by posting this stuff, um, by riding in this vehicle protest or standing silently in a park exercising my First Amendment right, that I'm somehow standing in solidarity with a movement that overwhelmingly has been proven to be a movement that has been in many ways just generated by media and social media as a way to create a separation between us. Um, Not setting aside that there's definitely um, sinful people and hopelessness in the world that needs to be addressed, but we lose sight as the church when we start making those things our focus and forgetting our first love that hope, and I think in this verse I'm going to read, is it's an unseen hope. It's not something that's hard to 
even say is tangible because in our simple human minds, just the thought of spending eternity with Jesus Christ in paradise, in eternity, in heaven, is hard to grasp in itself. And Paul says here in Romans eight twenty four, for in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it in patience. I think this calls to every time we have some sort of success here in life, there just is not any fulfillment. So, you know, like the prosperity gospel would have you hoping that, uh, you know, you're going to gain more money. Well, what if you do? What if uh, for some reason in the midst of you spending all your money on some prosperity preacher, you, you win the lottery and now you're a multimillionaire and you think for some reason that it's God that's blessed you and given you all this money, I can guarantee you that there will still be some sort of hopelessness in your life. There'll be something else that's not filling that gap. That seen hope that you saw filling that hole in your life was money does not satisfy the hope. Um, you know, the relationship, you you feel as though you need a specific man or woman in your life and that is going to fulfill that hope. And then they get there and you realize, oh man, relationships are work. This isn't everything I thought it was going to be to just have them there. Uh, now that hope is not filled. Um, you know, the dream job, the dream car, um, the, the, the physical healing. You know, what is it next in our lives that when I hope for this, I achieve it and then I start hoping for something else? This is not the hope we want. Our hope is surely only in uh, being saved by Jesus Christ. It's in our redemption. Uh, so we need to keep our, our, our focus on that hope. But I will say this, it's tough to maintain this focus. And I think even for those who are settled in their faith, although I don't think there's anybody who doesn't wrestle even Paul did, but our, even our greatest of theologians who just have trouble dealing with things day to day because life here is not perfect. Uh, Paul goes on to this, say these things about our weakness. And I think this is really important for our time right now. When we're wondering what it means to stand in solidarity with somebody, when we're wondering what it means um, to pray for somebody, Paul says this, and I think this is, it really does speak to me anyway about the state of current affairs. In Romans 8, and starting in verse 26, Paul says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Man, that is just... It's amazing to think that here we are, we're in a state of helplessness. We're not going to fix what is going on in our nation. We can't just fix it in the sense that we say, racism is bad, stop being a racist. Well, you know, if you're a believer and you hate somebody because of the color of their skin, well, then you're not a believer. There you go. It got said out loud. You cannot hate your brother 
and get away with it. That's it, period. You cannot hate. So for the rest of us who don't hate, who do uh, stand in solidarity with everyone, no matter the color of your skin, right? It's just like the kid's song, Red and Yellow, Black and White. They're precious in his sight. Um, we stand with everyone, people who come sinful in all ways through drug addiction and through lawlessness and through divorce and through their uh, sexual promiscuity and through their race and through whatever things go on in people's lives. We don't hate, so we love everybody the way they come, but it's hard to pray specifically for what's going on when we can't figure out what would make people specifically do things that are sinful. You know, why is this happening? Well, I think we know the greater why is kind of the, the simple answer that we live in a fallen world. Um, Satan is the prince of this world. Bad things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen to bad people. Bad things are going to happen to good people. People are not going to get along. There's going to be hate, death, destruction, murder, racism, lawlessness. It's all just going to happen. But how do we pray for it? And we can pray very specifically, but it goes without saying that we have these days where we sit here and shake our heads and think, gosh, I just don't know what is left to pray. The Holy Spirit definitely is with us on this, and he intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He is bringing you know, our lack of ability to understand our separation from God to God and presenting it to him. And God is merciful in this. Um, it goes on in the next verse in 27 to say, and he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints, us, the believers intercedes for the saints, according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And those who are called according to this purpose. So we are called us as believers. We are called uh, according to God's purpose, and all that is going to happen is going to work out for, for you know, His glory. We just need to stay and stand in solidarity with the church and pray for those inside and outside of the church that they would come to Christ. We need to understand that this world is going to come crumbling down under us, around us, and there's there's nothing really we can do. And this thing keeps popping up with me lately because it burdens me that the church has jumped on this social justice bandwagon where we think that somehow we can just call something out and it'll just, people will fix it. You cannot change uh, sinful actions without first changing somebody's heart. Um, and there's been some banter that I've been in uh, lately with some people in some large church circles where they will say, well, don't you stand with the church when you stand with them on big issues like abortion, which is sinful. Yes, absolutely. I stand with people who are against things like the murder of babies, but you cannot just look at somebody and say, um, you're sinful and you're going to hell. Um, or, or just, or just say, abortion is wrong, what they need to do is have perspective. And what is that perspective? That perspective is the hope that only Christ brings. So when their heart is changed, when Christ has done heart surgery on them, 
then is when they start to change and see the error in their ways so that we can begin that process where they are sanctified and through that sanctification, um, they're going to change and see that things are wrong. Now, mind you, not all are going to change. There are people who are just going to be um, destroyed and there's nothing we can do about that. And as a church, we need to realize that um, we need to be very careful to jump on issues where we know things are clearly wrong, but the media is trying to separate us. Because I guarantee you, there are churches that are here that are doing fine, if you will, in that they love each other no matter the color of their skin, and they love each other no matter their past, but they are unified in Jesus Christ, and they come together to worship him, and they are doing well in that. So we need to remember that, not to be pulled apart and to let the media separate us. Um, And I'm going to read down, I'm going to skip a little bit of stuff here where Paul talks about God's everlasting love. In verse 36, Paul tells us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Um, And then he says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Look, we are not just conquerors, we're more than conquerors because along with Christ, because if we're in him and he conquered sin and death, we are with him, we are in him and we overcome these things. Continue to be faithful to him in your church. Continue to be faithful to one another in the church. Love your brothers and sisters. If you're going to stand in solidarity, it means reach people for the gospel, change people's hearts, Allow the Holy Spirit to change people's hearts. And then and only then will we see change in our communities around us. Otherwise, we're just going to continue to see them fall apart. So that is your social justice word for the day. Uh, Be careful not to be pulled apart by these things of the world. Um, He ends that chapter in this. when he says that we're more than conquerors, it says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So remember, that's where your hope stands. No matter where you started, no matter how low you got, Remember that we're more than conquerors. There's nothing in this world that can tear us from his hand, nothing in this world that can separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. Stand together in solidarity in the church first and foremost, and then on issues we'll stand together where the Bible is very clear about them. Let's not let the world dictate what we believe. Let's let Jesus Christ dictate what we believe. So love and blessings to all of you today. Um, Go love somebody today and um, allow the Holy Spirit to work through you to work in them. Many blessings.